listening to Fresh Take. You are listening to the Fresh Take Network. Welcome to Fresh Take, Joshua Adam Limar with Andy Kenyar. Andy, how's it going? Doing great. How are you, man? Doing good. Episode three of Loki. Getting a little bit more involved, getting a little bit more built into the world. How are you feeling after episode three? It was good. I really, uh, I, I like the turn of this. Um I like getting a little bit more of that sort of backstory in terms of the, you know, the Victor Timely character, you know, it, it was a very interesting episode to me from a Disney perspective, because it does mm-hmm. get a little dark with the, uh, with the Miss Minutes character. Uh, um, yeah. That, that, I mean, certainly doesn't necessarily fall into the, uh, the, the Marvel Disney of it all. Um, but you know, all in all, a, a great episode. Um, Definitely not maybe as Loki centered as what the last one was, but uh, still very, very, very good television. Well, we're halfway through, believe it or not, the show already. It's only three episodes left to go. Uh, And I thought this did a good job of moving forward. The target that we have to have, everyone's agendas what we have was good to see Renslayer, to see Jonathan Majors. You know, obviously there's a lot of stuff in the real world going on with Jonathan Majors, but I'm not going to say despite all that, but you see in here still how good of an actor he is and why he was picked to be King in his variants. He gives a great performance as Victor Timely in this. And, and just such a, a very different performance of the P.O. All Remains character. Yeah. Like, you know, it, it's similar-ish, but, you know, so very different, yeah, um, yeah. which I really, really appreciate because, I mean, that, that can't be easy, right? You're basically playing the same guy um, mm-hmm. and you're trying to make it feel um you know feel something different yeah absolutely um and then with miss minutes like you said it's it's interesting i i did wonder for a second i'm like are they going to have tara strong show up as herself and have a physical body and i still i mean i i don't totally rule that out if that if that's the plan overall is to have the physical body and whether it will be tara strong or not who is the voice actress and people know there's done a lot of voices over the years, including Harley Quinn for more of the comic centric fans that listen to this podcast, know her from voicing Harley all these years in a variety of situations. And then Timmy Turner and fairly odd parents and so on and so forth. Um, but she definitely had a darker side to her. And I think gave a little bit more of an expansion on the Kane character. Yeah. And, and the part that I really liked is that you actually see like, the difference in their relationship, you know, yeah. it, it's, it, it's almost like a, a boss employee type of relationship where the employee has a bit of a crush on the boss. Um, you know, it, 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 it is just a very different dynamic, especially obviously than what the Renslayer dynamic has mm-hmm. been. And I think will, will obviously be. Um, so I, I, I found all of that pretty interesting. Do you, what did you, I don't want to jump around too much here, but the, at the end, when Ms. Minutes was talking to Renslayer and since she had a, rev, a resolution for her, I, you know, you're hearing a lot of people believe that that 
is that Renslayer is a variant. I, I don't think that's the case. What do you think that it will be? No, I, I don't think it's a variant at all. I think you're seeing a, a you're seeing the maybe the emergence more of the of the Miss Minutes character. Um and you're starting to see that, you know, she has her own agenda in all of this, which I I I think is a very cool aspect. There's a lot of people that are out there saying that um you know, she is in fact going to be the 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 villain of this season. Um, is the Miss Minutes character, um, mm. it, and it's it's actually very interesting. I, I find it the thing that I, it makes me think about is sort of the difference between this version of an AI versus the Ultron version that we got in in Avengers. Um, you know, this this is kind of the the sinister version of an AI character that, mm-hmm. you know, in the comics, really Ultron is. Yeah. Yeah, you and you definitely saw, and it's a little bit of, I would say femme fatale, kind of, what's that movie, uh, like the Fatal Attraction, Glenn Close type of character? You definitely get a little bit of vibes from Miss Minutes in that way. Yeah, they did a great job. I mean, even just changing up sort of the animation, and the 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 tone in her voice and all of that, like they did a the really good job. The mannequin was super creepy, super creepy. Um, you know, just a, a really good job though of 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 allowing sort of you know that character to to take on a real role of her own um, in like a very very short period of time. Um, I yeah. really hope that they can keep that up now for the rest of the season and keep that dynamic up. And keep up sort of the not the hostility, but maybe the 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 the, the combative nature between her and, and Ravona, um, I think will be very interesting if it, if they can keep that up. It's interesting too, Andy, that you you're kind of seeing with Renslayer and Morbius and even Loki and Sylvie, everyone's kind of on the same page of what they want to do, but they all just want to handle it in their own way and don't trust the other person to handle it the right way. I think, you know, with the two scenes, they'd rather be on the, the Ferris wheel with Sylvie and Loki or at the bottom of the Ferris wheel with Renslayer and Mobius. There's definitely mistrust on both parties, but again, trying to somewhat get to the similar resolution. Absolutely. Like everybody has almost the exact same agenda, but nobody has, you know, it's almost like, you know, you hear Victor Timely say, you know, I, I don't do partners. And it's like, everybody in the story doesn't want to do a partner. The only partners no. are are Loki and Mobius. Yeah. And, you know, that's a, a tenutive partnership at best. Um, but, you know, again, everybody is really driving to the same thing. Like, you can see, like, Renslayer is there to figure out a way to fix the, the loom. Like, that's her point. She's there to get, you know, somebody who can fix the loom as well. So everybody's there for kind of the exact same thing, but nobody wants to work with anybody else. No, no, they don't. Um, and then Miss Ministering to the big Godzilla-like character was interesting. Again, I guess it's a branch timeline, so it's not of the sacred timeline. So as far as the um, 616 universe we know, there's no ramifications for that to come back in any single way so because of the branch timeline of it all. So... But I think the interesting part of it is, you know, one of the takes that I really liked is, is, you know, the the nexus event in all of this is the, you know, when Ravona drops off the TVA manual, right? Mm-hmm. So is that is that the point that basically all Kangs going forward are made at that instant? 
So everything is just a branch from that moment. That's what I'm wondering. Well, again, it messes with the comic a little bit because yes. Kane is Reed Richards' kid, right? Is Nathaniel Richards, yes. Nathaniel Richards. And then, but I mean, the the King Tut type character, he goes back in time. So you don't need to have it in the Asian Egyptian time. So I, I that that's that's fine. And we saw that Tut character at the end of Ant-Man. But, but, I, but I think I think what happens here though is every version of Kang is going to originate from this point. Mm -hmm. All the branches are going to be the different versions of Kang. Because really what happens yeah. is the Ramatut character is somebody that is is a current version of Kang that then goes yeah. back in time. Yeah. And, you know, after being defeated by the Fantastic Four, he's like, well, screw this. I'm going to go somewhere where I can rule everything. So he yeah. goes back to ancient Egypt. So yeah. I think, you know, I actually, the, 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 the take that I really like is that the Victor Timely character is in fact, he who remains. I'm wondering that. And it's like all the other branches though, of what becomes from Victor Timely are the, the, the bear, all the other variants, but yeah. this is truly the nexus point of where Kang as a character in all of his his iterations is actually created right in that moment. And what would the cane that we saw in Ant-Man because there is a cane prime, a cane alpha, whatever you want to say, what would we say that cane was from Ant-Man? Well, it's it's just another version of this story, right? Like it's yeah. they're all branching off of here. I think they're going to focus on the version that becomes again he who remains. Um because because really what they're you know the, the the core of this whole story is that you know, Ouroborealis loop, mm -hmm. you know, the OB loop. And I think what they're showing here is that, you know, because when when Sylvie was going to kill He Who Remains, he says, like, you can't get out of this. Like, this is always where this winds up. And I think all that's happening here is you're going back to the point where it starts. He has been killed. Now it goes back to this beginning point where they make the version that becomes he who remains. So it goes around and around and around and around. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, and they kind of need him to restore everything because, like he said, I need to be here if things if not I go to chaos. I keep them in check. So right. Say. Yeah. He's the and 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 part of that is probably the version that you know because he is able to keep the loom in order you know, in order for them to keep all the branch timelines in order, you need to have the loom working properly. Um, yes, they need to prune some of the branch timelines, but you need to make sure that all of those things are properly going into the the temporal loom. So what did you take the Miss Minute secret to Ravona is then? I, I think it's, it's going to be that Miss Minutes, she understands the loop. Ravona doesn't she understands that there's a version of this that is always going to happen and Ravona mm. plays a part in it, but it's not this like freedom of choice part that I think Ravona thinks she's doing right. Cause she thinks she's now going back in time after, you know, he who remains has been pruned and she thinks she's going around and around and around, or she thinks she's going back to restore things to bring back this person that, she revered right like she revered that um that version of 
of he who remains. And now she has this opportunity to not only go back, but to build a bit more of a relationship. So instead of it being so disconnected at the TVA, she can maybe be a little bit more hand in hand. But because Miss Minutes has seen this over and over and over and over again, she knows the reality of how all this turns out. Right. Do you think that includes them with Loki and Sylvie uh, facing him and killing him? Or is that kind of just a, a rarity in the loop? Or do you think that's part of the loop as well? I think that's part of the loop. But I think the thing that eventually breaks the loop that creates the Kang Dynasty situation, the Secret War situation, is going to be Loki. Loki is going to be the person because he's he's in the middle of it now and he's starting to understand how it all works. And I think he's going to be the one who, between him and Mobius, they're going to be the ones that be, are able to say, wait, I know how to break the loop. Is that why you think he pruned himself in the future? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And then, So I think I, I think that's that's where this is really all headed. Like, you know, the, the Aura Borealis, you know, situation in, in the very first episode, I think is really the thing that gives the season away. And... And it's all about trying to break that cycle. Like that's yeah. the point of the season. Yeah. And then with Sylvie in the elevator, what do you think that's all about then? Just she has an idea. Maybe she's trying to get there to save him. Well, she's she's part of the loop as well. She's another Loki, right? So she yeah. is going to figure this out also. She thought the way to break the loop was to kill he who remains. And I think what she's realizing now is that's not actually the thing that breaks the loop because she thought I broke the loop. Now I can go back. I can pick my spot in the timeline and I can just live my life. Yeah. What she's realizing now is that's not what actually happened. She is just still doing, a, you know, a, a circle on the loop because mm -hmm. in reality, that's what's supposed to happen. So mm -hmm. between her and Loki and Mobius, they're the ones who have to figure out how in fact to break the loop. Right. Yeah, I'm just, and I guess like well, I'm wondering when she, the, the elevator thing in the future there, if she figures out that Loki knows he has to prune himself and she's trying to get to there to stop him. Or, or she's the one that actually prunes him because she needs Loki to be on the path because she realizes Loki is the one who figures out how to break the loop. It's, it's one or the other, right? Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts? What did you think? What do you think of this episode? Yeah, I thought, you know, uh, I thought it was, you know, Good. I thought we had some major movement with a lot of stuff. Like you said, not a lot of Loki, but again, it was good to see kind of a Kane variant and have Renslayer back and have all that. So that was um, that was good to have. I think, like I said, I think we're making good mo momentum as we're halfway through. Got some good Easter eggs in here, getting uh, Bulge of the Brave. A little bit of a deeper cut there. Uh, you've explained who he is a little bit more in a bit here, but... Uh, I think you're starting to see a little bit more humanity again and growth from Loki with everything. And again, it's such a dichotomy between Renslayer not wanting to be lied to, not wanting to be a slave to the TVA, and Mobius still kind of doing the work for them and going forward when but she's kind I, of over it. I think that's a challenge, so, right? Anybody who has yeah. been in the, in, in the TVA, they're just so... I don't know, accustomed to doing the things that they do, right? Like they're, I think it's difficult for them to get off the, the TVA timeline basically, right? Like they, they're, that's the part that I think is difficult. Um, 
which is why they need somebody like Loki, right? They need the villain. They need somebody who is going to operate not within the the normal cycle of the of how the TVA is operated. Absolutely. Um, yeah, explain to me a little bit about uh, Bold of the Brave. So Bold of the Brave is a it's basically it's Thor's brother. Um, yeah. The deep cut of all of this is he's actually was scheduled to be in the 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 Marvel the MCU at two different times. Um, there was a version of the original Thor story that was going to have a Bulger the Brave in in that story. Um, that's kind of the the part of the joke was originally when they were writing the Thor, the original Thor, they were like, well, nobody's going to know who this character is, so we're not going to put him in. So, you know, Loki makes that co- comment, you know, well, nobody even knows who that is. And then all of a sudden, Mobius is like, oh, I know exactly who that is. Yeah. Um, the other, the other time that he was scheduled to be in is he was actually supposed to be played by daniel craig in uh, um dr strange multiverse of madness he was right. supposed to be the other member of um of um yeah the group of the council word. yeah of the council and he was and he was actually replaced then by uh by reed richards by by krasansky mm. so it, and the only reason that he didn't wind up being in that show was COVID. obviously this was COVID time yeah. and he couldn't get his schedule to make that work because of the COVID situation. Mm. So that was, you know, he was supposed to be the, that member of the Illuminati. And, uh, you know, that that's where that, you know, so th- there's two different times that he actually should have been a physical version in the MCU. Um, but both times just didn't work out. Now we've had him teased in a statue and Beta Ray Bill teased in a statue. Yeah, I, I the, the part that I really liked in this was, you know, you could, because obviously this is still the version of Loki that hasn't gone through sort of the catharsis with Thor. Yeah. You see him even taking the dig at him when he was like, Thor's not that tall. <laughs> like he, he yeah. even takes like the offhanded shot at Thor, which I thought was super cool. Because again, this is not the version of Loki that has had all the bonding time, whether it's through the Avengers and through Ragnarok and through Thor and all that. And, you know, this is still the version that is a little bit spiteful towards Thor. Yeah, that's the that's the good thing we ever you have these history things as you have the the side like that. Um, what about you? Anything else from the show that stood out to you that I didn't get to in my notes here? No, absolutely. Like I, like I said, I thought uh, I thought great episode. You know, really moving the season forward. I, I find that this for a for you know comparison to the other Marvel shows, at this point, halfway through the season, I don't. I'm not yet at the point where I'm like they have a lot of shit to cover. Like, I feel like the show is moving on at a pace where they're going to be able to cover everything. Yeah. Um, I, you I know, feel like that, I, yeah. we don't, we don't have that, you know, 20 minutes of an episode that you're like, well, where is all this going? Like, surely, surely they could have had some other part of the story in here to help us get to the end of the season. What does it cross over with the Marvels? What's the crossover there? It's it's Mobius, right? Mobius is supposed to be in the Marvels. The TV well, is going to have day. a place. So the Marvels comes out on the tenth, and the finale for this is on the ninth. So there you go. Both are out on the same day. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. What 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 are your thoughts in terms of where do you where do you see this going? I think you talked a big thing about the loop and everything like that. I can't see a season two of this happen, and I mean, I, I guess in some ways. We maybe have to mentally prepare ourselves that this could be the last three episodes that we see Tom Hiddleston play Loki. I, I think, 
yeah, some of the comments that I, I've seen out there is that, you know, they, that Marvel is, is looking now to use Tom Hiddleston as almost the Tony Stark of this next phase. Like the thing that holds it all together. Um, you know, they, they brought him back and he's so good at this character. And, you know, there he's, it's such a dynamic role that can, that can be in a bunch of different places. So I think, you know, whether it's Kang Dynasty or um, Secret Wars, I think, I think Loki is going to be yeah, sort of probably. the Yeah, I don't think this all. one, I guess, I, I guess maybe that's hyperbolic to say this the last time we'll see him. This version that we're getting to Loki uh, as, as what we're thinking he is, but he prunes himself and then it goes in a, in a circle I think yep. this version of Loki is gone and whatever version of Loki we get, I mean, we could have one that is super evil in, in secret wars for all we know. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, one that, that plays more of his normal, his normal bad guy role. And maybe yeah. through secret wars, you get to see his, his growth as a character again, right? Like he gets to bond, he'll get to bond with Thor again. He's going to get to bond with the other characters um you know throughout the timeline um i'm i'm very interested to see where the the relationship between loki and sylvie goes because they really haven't played up much of that relationship not like in last year like like the train episode the train episode i go back right right so i i think it's going to be very interesting where where this goes in terms of that relationship because like i said in comparison to season one they really haven't haven't pushed any of that yet yeah, I would uh, agree with that. It's uh, I think they're doing a good job maintaining stuff. And again, kind of like what we had with Ahsoka, where I felt like it kind of got back on the Star Wars wagon. Although it's, I don't want to deviate too much of this, but Devin and I were talking about this yesterday. It is funny now. I don't know if you've noticed last two weeks now people are saying, oh, Ahsoka sucked. It wasn't that good. There's this whole deviation on things all of a sudden now. Two weeks later, it's like, oh, well, it wasn't that good. And blah, blah, blah. It's like, we continually have these deviations, and I think we had that a little bit with Miss Marvel, right? When we were in it, it was like people were like, oh, Miss Marvel's really cool, and I really like the Kamala Khan character, and this is great. And then like a month later, oh, that that was a terrible show. It's like, why do we have these deviations when when you're in the moment, and we all realize in the moment everyone was super high and super positive and stuff. But I'm you see that more and more lately of the backtracking from people of projects on Disney when they end. Well, I mean, I think that's just the nature of it all right now, right? Like the, yeah. the Disney haters, it's harder for them when a series is actually good yeah. to show up and and spew whatever sort of negative connotation they want to put on a series, yeah. which for Ahsoka, it's like, it's a hard one to poke at. Like, it really is. I mean, I, I think the thing that that maybe I guess everything with the with Star Wars as it is right now is, you know, was the Ahsoka series really about Ahsoka? Was the Boba no. Fett show really about Boba Fett? No. You know, is the Mandalorian Mandalorian series really about the Mandalorian? I, I think one of the comments that I saw is, do they need to go back to like a an overarching title, whether it's, you know, this, this the Skywalker saga or Star Wars or whatever, yeah. as opposed to naming them after the title character, do they need to have more of a, this is the story we're t- trying to tell, which, you know, was this, it, you know, was Ahsoka really just Rebel season five? It was. I mean, well, this and, and this show is called Loki, but there's other things out, outside of it than just just Loki as well. But yeah, I, I would agree with you on that. Uh, just a few other quick Marvel uh, news and notes here. Uh, so Deadpool is pushed back 
And now the May uh, date will now be Captain America. Right. Which I think, I think some of that is happening because they are pushing the Avengers stuff back. Yeah. And I think Deadpool is going to have such a factor in on, on some of that. So they, they just don't want to probably have that to be quite so far apart. Um, because I think those stories are probably going to be very intertwined. I would assume so, because we know there's a lot of cameos in that movie and whatnot. I mean, I, I'm fine with Cap getting moved up. I mean, I, I guess they're done, Cap. I would assume that they have nothing really left for Cap to do, even this writer, this writer, this actor strike goes longer. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it seemed like they had that actually sorted away before before the strikes even happened. So yeah. I'm sure it's just a lot of post production stuff and that that's really just left. Um, and, and that that story is not as intertwined into the the multiverse of it all. No. Um, so it can be kind of dropped in probably almost anywhere without sort of any real ramifications. That's more about Thunderbolts and Young Avengers, really, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of... You know, it's going to move the... It's probably going to move the Hulk story along. Like, you know, this is going to help move it towards World War Hulk. Yeah. Um, you know, like you said, Young Avengers. Um, you know, that, that story is moving along sort of almost parallel but on the outside to the multiverse stuff yeah i and then marvels i mean i'm uh i think it'll be good i know it's not tracking as well right now but people say that too and we're kind of in a lull right now i mean we haven't had a big movie in the box office really since barbie like you know saw did okay obviously taylor did very good this week but like yeah. as, a, as a cinematic movie i mean and maybe killers of the flower moon will do very good this week but I do hesitate when it's a three and a half hour movie and people know it'll be on Apple plus in two weeks. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I think it's that the reality of the, of the movie industry in general, I mean, you and I have had this conversation a bunch of times, like through COVID and everything they, you know, they, they taught people to not go to the movie theater. Yeah. Unless um, it's an event, yeah. unless it's an event. Right. You know, you know, Barbenheimer became an event. Yes. Um, Dune you know, will be an event. Dune will be an event. You yes. know, Super Mario Brothers kind of became an event. Mm -hmm. um, you know, but I think what you're going to find is maybe some of the movies that we think are going to be events, maybe they won't. Yeah. You know, maybe Dune isn't an event. You know, Dune is going to be an event for the nerds like me or, yeah. you know, somebody who's really into the series. But is it going to be an event event like like Barbie was? Maybe not. Um, no. You know, I think now for Marvel, you know, obviously Black Panther was an event because of everything that happened with Chadwick. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Ant-Man was not. Um, you know, Spidey was because you had the, the Toby and Andrew of it all. Um, Star yeah. Yeah. And, you know, are you going to get that out of the you know, the ind individual Avengers movies or, you know, the Marvel movies, maybe not, you know, maybe the seven, 800 million is just the new norm for those movies because that's just where the fan base is, right? The, the, the Marvel MCU. Unless it's Spider-Man at this movie. point or an Avengers. I don't know if the Marvel movie will make a billion anymore unless it's Spider-Man or Avengers because Spider-Man is the biggest superhero draw right now. From, yeah, from until see, until X Men shows up, right? Until X Men shows yeah. up, and then X Men, I think, will obviously be, will pick right back up. 
yeah, X-Men will pick up. But for now, with Spider-Man just killing it on animation this week in video games, and if they announced a Tom Holland thing today, everyone would be buzzing about that. Obviously, that's not going to happen right now with the SAG strike, which has put a lot of stuff on delay. That's why, like, you got to enjoy Loki, enjoy Gen V, enjoy any of these shows, because things are, if you kind of look ahead to the coming months here, things are starting to really dry up. Like, even Echo, I'm like, sure, maybe stretch out Echo now, Disney. And I, I honestly think Echo went from being a binge to, yeah, we may have to stretch Echo out. Yeah, we could week by week. That doesn't sound so terrible. Let's keep people on the program, on the platform for a little while. Yeah, because, you know, as we go longer and longer into this and SAG this week didn't give them with, like, I think this, Andy, this could go into, if it goes after Thanksgiving, we're going to 2024. Absolutely, because nothing is going to happen over the holiday season. No. Like, you know, no one, no one, and there's no reason to push it over that season either, right? Like, not a lot of stuff is getting done during then, so it's not even going to matter. Um, but I think, you know, if this was to go past, you know, February, that's really going to start to have an impact. Like we're going to, it's going to be like COVID where we're going to go like a year without new stuff. Yeah. And that Game of Thrones is going to hit like the Jordan documentary. <laughs> when HBO oh, yeah. puts out, I was like, guess what we got? Prestige TV. None of y'all do. Right. Yeah, we're going to keep you busy for 10 weeks, whether you like it or not. <laughs> HBO might put that out in like 20-minute segments. Right? 18 episodes <laughs> over 20-minute right? segments. Just, this this is going to be like half-hour television programming all, all at once. Uh, to finish off with Loki, what, what are some things that you want as we have these final three episodes? Um, I just want it to be a good television show. Like, you know, I, I'm i not even trying to have this be a part of like the overarching MCU. Like, I, I know that there's probably going to be something in the end of all of this that, you know, ties it into Kang Dynasty and, and Secret Wars and all that sort of stuff. I just really want, I want Marvel to have a good, successful show. Um, and it really feels like whatever it is about Loki, this is where they seem to have their finger on their ability to make television. Um, this doesn't feel like a movie cut into little segments. This feels like a television show. Like at the end of each one of these episodes, I feel like there's a little bit of conclusion to that element of the story. I'm not like, oh, this is when I got up and I went to the bathroom and came back during the movie, yeah. um, um, which I really like. And I, I think it shows that Marvel can actually make a good television program. Um, and I think it gives hope to me for how the how this could could work, in, you know, going forward with with the Disney Plus shows. Absolutely, um, yeah. I look forward to what's coming. It's gonna it's been fun to have Marvel back in and back on a higher level, and hopefully the Marvels can guide us through and take us out, which has been an up and down road. And the, you know, the Spider Man game obviously getting uh, critical reviews this week. Shouts to Amazon for fucking me and not having it delivered till Sunday. But that's a different story for a different day. Uh, but I think maybe we have gotten past the bumpy waters. It, I, 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 maybe I'm hope, maybe I'm being you know naive towards that. But I do feel like the treacherous waters we went over, and with Feige's new direction uh, and Iger's direction of what has to work with everything like that, I think you know this is still. I think a lot of these were the Chapek era, and you warned me. We never had really a pod talking about it, but you did warn me about the Chapek era and the concerns you had, and they all came to fruition. Yeah, I mean, it just, 
you just lost a little bit of the direction, right? And it's it's awesome. You know, maybe the strikes happened at exactly the right time, right? Because you actually had a break. You know, the you well, you had everybody get to critically look at some of this stuff. Yeah. Like that's what happened with Daredevil, where Feige got to sit down and watch some of this and go, what the fuck is this? Like yeah. this is not where I want this to be going. And you know, I think what it really shows is if you don't have that that single hand guiding something like this, if you, you know, you basically just, you know, offshoot this out and be like, okay, so long as you do it and you bring it back to this little point, that's fine. Just let me know how it goes. That's not where the MCU is successful. Um, you know, it's it's the reason why comics have always had to do you know, reboots, basically. Why are you retcon stuff? Because you have 10 different writers writing stories that don't all sort of blend together. And then you get to a point where you're like, none of this makes sense together. Um, you need to have a Dave Filoni or a Kevin Feige or somebody who cares about the material, who's actually paying attention to what the material is. Um and I think that's what happened in the in the Bob Chapek era. It was like, we just need as much content on Disney Plus as we can get. And if we can make money on six movies a year, imagine how much money we could make on nine movies a year. Yeah. Well, that doesn't work because the quality goes sideways and the direction goes sideways. And you you annoy your core fan base. And you know, you saw it with Star Wars, you're seeing the Star Wars people come back with with what Filoni is doing. Um and you know the the Marvel fans, we just want to see great Marvel stories, and we just keep looking at it like you have these great stories. Like it's why we get mad when Secret Invasion is crap. It's why we get mad when the Dark Phoenix story is crap. Because you're like, yeah. stop messing up stuff that we know is awesome. Like, don't mess with it. Don't rewrite it. Don't come up with some weird twist that you think is cool when you don't understand the nature of the story. Do the story we want. Um, you know, that's why the Infinity Gauntlet story was done so well. Because, yes, it wasn't exactly what the Infinity Gauntlet story was. Obviously, you didn't have Adam Warlock. You didn't have those elements in it. But you were true to the nature of what that story was. And that's why Feige was heralded as, what, what the greatest producer of all time? Yeah. Um, and I think it's great that, you know, with Iger coming back and with them recognizing that it's not about volume, it's about quality, um, that, that that's where this, this story, you know, this, this, these titles are at their best. Very well said. We will end on that. Thank you to Andy as always for gracing us with his presence. We'll be back next week to talk more Loki and we'll talk a little bit more about Gen V next week as well. Uh, I'm guessing Absolutely. you haven't seen this past week's episode just yet. I did watch it this morning, actually. Oh, okay, so I haven't seen it, so I'm behind. So next week we'll have a full recap of Gen V, and we'll have Loki for you. Until then, folks, cheers and enjoy the day. Thank you for listening to the Fresh Take Network. Follow us on social media platforms at Fresh Take Forty Two.